But the studies have shown that there's something about getting together, gathering with other people of similar faith that gives you the benefit. Just watching it and getting inspired by what you see is wonderful and it has its place, but they haven't, there haven't been any surveys that I've seen or read that show that that's the key, watching something on TV is the key to longevity or better health or whatever. Welcome to the Rocky Retirement Show. My name is Kathy Klein and I'm the host. And in this show, we don't talk about money or financial issues. We talk about retirement lifestyle issues. These are things that everybody needs to know, whether or not you've saved enough for retirement. So let's go to the episode. Hi, it's Kathy with the Rocky Retirement Show. And today, I have Dr. Jim Brown with me. So excited. Um, Jim is a graduate University Professor of Education, Technology, and Psychology, and he's also my pastor at the Lake Church, which is a non-denominational church in Lake San Marcos, California. Now, he's had a long career. He's been a K-12 principal, he's been a superintendent, university professor, and also a department chair at three universities. He's also served several churches in various roles from music to senior pastor. Merry Christmas, Pastor Jim. Thanks, Kathy. Merry Christmas to you, too. It's a great time of year. Everybody <laughs> loves Christmas. Absolutely. Everybody loves Christmas. And I wanted to bring you on the show because I don't remember when it was. It was a few months ago, maybe six months. Could have been a year ago. I'm not sure. But you had talked about how Christianity or religion or your beliefs can help you stay healthy. And since that's some of the things that we talk about on the show, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that in our Christmas episode. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. And I'm hoping that your folks are uh, who are listening are enjoying uh, this holiday season. Uh, this time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is really special. And we're all, I think, fortunate and blessed to live here in America, uh, which I'm assuming most of your listeners do, and have a wonderful time between these holidays, Thanksgiving is marvelous. It is a unique American holiday. Christmas is celebrated around the world. And even people who aren't Christians celebrate Christmas. And so everyone's got peace and, and joy and goodwill toward men on their minds and, and hearts. And I think it's just a wonderful time. It really is. But as far as your actual question goes in terms of the church and, and the role it plays, and really I could expand this to the faith community in general. There are some real benefits. There's been a lot of study done on this in terms of the, the benefits to body, mind, and spirit of participating and being regular in a church somewhere. Uh, I'll be using the word church a lot because that's what I am used to. But again, if, if, you're a, if you're listening to this and you're not a church goer, but you have another faith, then just kind of substitute faith community. But the reality is that Few people are regular attendees at church anymore. About one out of five Americans go to church on a regular basis. And um, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. So when, when you say one out of five, do you mean just like Christian churches or does that also include mosques and um, uh, temples and other, you know, of other religions? All of the above. All of the above. Wow. The survey uh, from, from Pew Research and they've done that several times now, shows actually it's slightly under 20%. It's about 17% of Americans are in some kind of a church on the weekend. And so that means, again, we've got you know four out of five, a little more than that, 
who are not going anywhere. Now, 75 to plus percent, closer to, you know, maybe probably closer to 90, but I'll just say 75% consider themselves to be Christian. And again, the 90% is probably people who can who say, I believe in God. And so you have nine out of 10 people, maybe more, who will say, I believe in God. You've got um, three quarters of the people in America who say, I'm a Christian, but on any given weekend, whether it be Saturday or Sunday, you've only got about 17%, I'll just say 20% who are actually in a church somewhere. So it's really kind of kind of low. It doesn't mean that they don't go to church at all, but um, we're talking, I'm, I'm saying now in terms of regular attendance, which would mean weekly in some kind of a service put on by your church. So the number is really pretty small. It hasn't changed that much in the last several decades. Um, the Gallup poll has been doing polls since the 1930s. And they say that something like 40% of the people say they're regular church attenders. But when you actually count up the attendance, it comes out more like 17%. Wow. So there you go. Now the question is, what's the benefit of going to a church or participating in a faith community? And the thing that your listeners might want to know is, and again, assuming since this is Rock Your Retirement, which is a, which is a cool name, by the way. I love Thank it. Thank you. But, uh, but as far as... The Rocky Retirement thing. So I'm assuming that a lot of folks here are retired or approaching retirement. And one of the things that becomes, I think, even more in your face, I suppose, as we get older, is we're wondering how can we maintain our health? When you're 20 or 30, you don't think anything of it. When you get to be 60 or 70 or beyond, that's a major concern. And so whatever your age, I would encourage you again to get involved. And here's some of the reasons why. Got a couple of reports here. I'll just kind of read to you as we kind of go through them. But um, church, you may or may not know this, listener, but church goers live longer and enjoy better overall health than the general population. Now, why is that? That's just crazy. Isn't that crazy? I know. It's really. It was reported. This particular report I'm reading was out of the Telegraph, uh, which is a United Kingdom publication. But they were talking about. In fact, there was a doctor, Linda Powell of Chicago's Rush University Medical Center, and she said basically. She's a preventative medicine uh, specialist, I guess. And she said the answer may lie, at least in part, in the positive lifestyle choices that churches promote. It says most organizations, most church organizations, religious organizations, discourage, you know, a lot of negative habits, drug abuse, uh, excess drinking, uh, smoking, those kinds of things. And so most churches say stay away from that, which is an, a good thing to do. Doctors would agree with that. But they also provide, catch this, they also provide parishioners with positive things like social network, which is really essential to, to well-being. And they promote things like prayer and meditation, all of which can be very healthy. And you think of that, I mean, no, although most Americans say they pray, churches really advocate this and, and really push this. And those things help for the emotional well-being. So again, when I talk about emotional well-being, I'm really talking about body, mind, and spirit. And I kind of believe in all of those parts. And so again, I like this uh, report. And again, this study that we live longer and are healthier if we're regularly involved in church. So how do you like that, Kath? I think that's great. So would you say that a Christian prayer is, I don't want to get woo-woo, but a Christian prayer can kind of be like meditation for a non-Christian? Yeah, it's very similar, very similar. In fact, now in, in Christianity, we promote both prayer and meditation. It's part of that. A lot of times we think meditation is an Eastern religion 
unique feature, but it's not. It's actually talked about in the Bible. Uh, so, for example, Psalm, for those of you who read the Bible, Psalm 1, verse 2 says, and in his law, he meditates day and night. So it's talking about meditating on the word of God. So meditation is, is an activity. Uh, prayer is another activity. But those both are essential. So says the researcher here, uh, Dr. Linda Powell. They're essential to emotional well-being. And again, churches tend to promote that as well as, as I said, you know, positive lifestyle choices. There's another report from the Pew Research Center that I wanted to bring out. Happiness. Frequent churchgoers are happier. And he went, they went on to, in their research to find that those who attend religious services, and they weren't discriminating as to the type of religious service, those who attend religious services weekly or more often are happier than those who attend less often. Those who seldom or never attend are the least likely to say they're happy. I'm going, wow. And one thing I've noticed through the years, Kathy, is I talk to people and I've talked to college kids and university students, and which is kind of the same thing, and high school kids and, and their parents. One of the things that I think everybody, it's almost universal, want is they want to be happy. And I think as we get older, um, happiness seems to be more uh, more difficult to hold on to, more difficult to to grab onto and make a part of our life. And so here, again, the, the Pew Research Center says, go to church regularly, go to a religious service at least weekly or more often. You'll be happier than those who attend less often. I think that's really kind of, uh, I think that's kind of cool. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be happy. And without sidestepping too much, happiness is a real problem. And you, you think like, well, how can happiness be a problem? And it's a problem because people want to be happy, but they don't know how to go about it. How do? How can I be happy? I'm not happy. This happened in my life, and this happened in my life. And one of the things that happens in church, I think, is we learn to accept life as it comes. We learn, you know, not totally to to kick against the tide, but we realize that this is this is part of life. This is how things work, and we we learn to accept things. We learn to accept other people. Uh, more generally, without being judgmental or critical or or whatever. Now, wait a minute. I'm I'm going to just interrupt. Sure, go ahead. Because a lot of people who are not Christians or who don't go to church say that Christians are judgmental, and that's why they don't want to go. So that's that's really a common cop out. To be honest with you, I don't believe that's true. It's not that there isn't perhaps a judgmental person in a church here and there and here and there, but it's not generally how Christians act or behave. And I think that's true whether you're uh, in a Catholic environment or a Protestant environment like we are, or an Orthodox environment. And there's, those are the three major branches of Christianity. And all of those talk about Jesus Christ, and they talk about the love of God, and to emulate the love that Jesus Christ had for others. We also teach, without getting too theological here, that everyone was made in the image of God. Talks about that in Genesis chapter 1. So every person you meet, every person whose eyes you look into was made in the image of God and is loved by God. And if you have that attitude, no matter if you disagree violently with their, their beliefs or their political affiliation or whatever, you've got to realize that, hey, God loves this person. I need to, too, which means I need to show concern and care and politeness to this other person, even if we violently disagree on some of the issues of the day. Hmm. Okay. So you're saying that that Hitler was made in God's image? Yes, he was. So explain that, because that doesn't make any sense. The the Bible teaches that everyone was made in the image of God. However, God has given everyone free choice. 
And this is, I'll get on this path for maybe 30 seconds. This is a big issue with a lot of folks who don't want to have anything to do with the church. They look around at the world. They look at the news. They think of all the bad things that have happened in their life. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to belittle any of these things, but they go, if God is a God who is all powerful and all knowing, why does he allow this? Why do these bad things happen? Why do people like Hitler become, you know, Hitler? Why does Stalin become Stalin? Pol Pot, etc. And these guys were mass murderers in the 20th century. Millions of people died. Millions of people died, were killed on their watch by their command. And so the question is, how does that happen? And it happens because God, from the very beginning, gave us free will as people. He gave us the choice to choose to do good or bad because he wants us to choose to love him freely. He didn't want to make us little robots. He wanted to allow he wanted to give us that freedom of choice. But along with that freedom of choice, he gives all of us the freedom to do bad. And those who decide to go to church, I think, are more likely to to find his forgiveness and make decisions to try to try to be good and try to live a good life where where you know we love God with all our heart and we love our neighbor as ourselves. And that's really kind of you take all of the Old Testament laws, you boil it down into that one spoken by Jesus Christ. And that is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and might, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, therein rests all the laws and the prophets. So people like Hitler, etc., who are made in the image of God, were given free choice by God, chose to do evil and destructive evil. Now, I could go on to talk about what's going to happen in the end times, but that's a whole nother discussion. Right, another but, show. <laughs> another show and then some. But does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, it does. So so basically, let me make sure that I understand this correctly. So um, you, you have some studies that show that people who attend a religious, I don't know, ceremony or event on a weekly basis are shown to be healthier, not just healthier, but also happier than people who don't. Correct. And that some of my misconceptions about Christians being judgmental is not supposed to be the case that as as somebody gets more into going that they should become less judgmental and more loving. Is that kind of what you're saying? Correct. I agree. Okay. Well said. Okay, good. So I was just recapping what you said. And uh, yeah. Okay, great. So here, I know you've got another thought coming, but yeah. we're coming right up on the break. Okay. So we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. And Pastor Jim can tell us a little bit about how we can be healthier in the new year. Do you want to make sure that you never miss an episode of the Rock Your Retirement Show? Did you know you can subscribe to the show? It's easy. We're in all the major podcast apps, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and more. All you need to do is go to your favorite podcast app and search for the Rock Your Retirement Show. Or if you need more help, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash subscribe, and you'll find a short tutorial for either an iPhone or an Android phone. It's easy. 
Welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. I'm here with Pastor Jim Brown, and he is telling us how we can be healthier in the new year. So welcome back, Jim. Thank you very much, Kathy. Glad to be here. Yeah, so you were just about to start a thought when I interrupted you with the break. So do you want to continue? (laughs) Yes. Okay, fine. Glad to do that. CNN had a report, and they said, and I'll just quote the report. It said, many Americans say they attend church because it helps them stay grounded and gives them spiritual guidance. A new study suggests that regular attendance may also increase their lifespans. Researchers looked at data on nearly 75,000 middle-aged female nurses in the U.S. and part of a nurse's health study. The participants answered questions about whether they attended church's services regularly about every few years. And so the study went from 1992 to 2012, and that was a lot of people over a long period of time. And the researchers found that in this group, those who went to church more than once or more times a week had a 33% lower risk of dying during the study compared to those who said they never went. There was a professor of Harvard who talked about the church attendance that said can promote self-discipline and a sense of meaning and purpose. This was Dr. Tyler Vanderweel uh, of Harvard and went on to say that that sense of that self-discipline and that sense of meaning and purpose can really make a difference as to how they feel and how healthy they are. And this was published in the JAMA Internal Medicine uh, document. And I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's been consistent also, by the way, with my with my experience here at the Lake Church. Now, you mentioned that earlier, and one of the things your listeners would not know unless we told them is that the Lake Church is really an older congregation, and the community in which we exist, Lake San Marcos, here in the San Diego County area, was started in the 1960s as one of the first planned retirement communities in, in San Diego County. And we have about 4,000 people who live here, and 75% of them are retired. So our church reflects our community, and these folks are retired. And what I just said to you in terms of regular attendance and a, a healthier sense of life, et cetera, has been, has been borne out to be true, certainly with the folks that we have here in our church, which I think is kind of neat. There's a, another study that goes along with this, and this Dr. Blazer, who's a professor of psychiatry and behavior at Duke University, he said uh, one aspect that he concludes the same thing. He says there have been literally thousands of studies done on this. And he says the one aspect that is significantly more predictive, catch this, the one aspect that is significantly more predictive of good health is about religious service attendance. And this was another thing that was put into the JAMA Internal Medicine, their writings. And he said that, you know, most people, of course, report that they, a lot of people report they're spiritual today. I hear that all the time. Well, I, I don't attend church, but I'm spiritual. But he goes on to say that longevity and health benefits associate only with those who attend religious services. So if you're if you're spiritual and you don't gather with other people on a weekly basis that are religious or, or you know, a church, then that's not going to help. Just that's being correct. spiritual that's what... won't help. So if you're just meditating or just praying or just watching... So I'll give you an example. So before I became a Christian, and you know, this show is not about Christianity, but I think people who listen probably get a hint that, that I consider myself a follower of Christ. But before I became one, you know, I was trying to figure out what I was because 
I wasn't really sure. I, I knew I wasn't atheist. I considered myself agnostic. And then I started listening to a radio show and you're going to laugh. You probably have never even heard of it. It's called the Jesus Christ show. And it's on KFI in Los Angeles. And basically, it's a host who takes on the persona of Jesus Christ and answers questions. So for a while, I considered, okay, so I'm learning. And, and he's basically a, um, what do you call it? An apologist? Yes. Apologist. But I also understand that this particular show host is also, you know, he's not Jesus. And so he would say things and I'd say, well, that's not right, because that's not what the Bible says, or that's not right. It's also kind of funny that I happen to know that he's totally covered in tattoos, the host. Uh And um, so he's not your typical image of what Jesus would look like. So then after I felt like that show, and I still listen occasionally, but I don't consider it my church. So for a while, I was like, well, this is my church. I'm doing this. It's now on Sundays. I'm doing this on Sundays. It's my church. So I think there's a lot of people who will take something like a television show and they're like, well, that's my church. I'm watching Mm -hmm. this television show. Mm -hmm. I don't know, name a famous Christian television person. Oh, Joel Osteen. Okay. That or what was that show? 777 or something? Sevens? Oh, the 700 Club? Right. The 700 Club. So that's their church. Mm -hmm. So, So that does that count? And the answer is, according to the studies, no. No. Okay. Um, it's it's good, and I think uh, a lot of the people who are on TV are, are wonderful, and a lot of people enjoy that. And they've been watching TV religious programs and Christian programs for a long time. Bishop Sheen did it way long time ago. Robert Schuler came up with his Hour of Power, and he was on TV for a long time as well. And now you've got, again, people like Joel Osteen. Um, and, and all these three guys who I just mentioned are all great, and I appreciate them, and I admire what they did. But the studies have shown that there's something about getting together, gathering with other people of similar faith that gives you the benefit. Just watching it and getting inspired by what you see is wonderful and it has its place. But they haven't, there haven't been any surveys that I've seen or read that show that that's the key. Watching something on TV is the key to longevity or better health or whatever. I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's because there's no accountability or you're just listening, you're hearing and you're not doing, what do you, what do you, what do you, why do you think that is? Well, I think, I think I'll tell you, I think what it is, is there's something about getting together. We were created as social beings. We weren't created to be hermits. And when we get together in a church environment um, or some kind of a faith community, we're around people of similar faith and they can look you in the eye. They can give you a hug if that's appropriate or shake your hand if that's appropriate or say, Hey, I'm praying for you. And that And the person on television can never do that. It's a cold relationship, a cold, sterile relationship with you and the TV. Doesn't mean that you're not inspired. It doesn't mean you're not encouraged. But there's something that we need more than that. And so when Jesus had his followers and his 12, and then the church began in the book of Acts in the New Testament, I mean, the people gathered together. They shared meals together. They they shared life together. And that's what we try to do at, at, our, at our church, and lots of other churches do the same thing. We try to share life together. We're actually involved. If somebody gets sick or goes to the hospital, somebody goes and sees them there. You can watch, I'll take Joel Osteen again. I'm not critical of Joel at all. I like Joel. But you could watch him all day long. And if you have a heart attack and go to the hospital, nobody from Joel Osteen's ministry is going to come and see <laughs> you and pray for you. He's not going to come? 
He's not showing not gonna up. happen. Sorry, Joel's not going to do that. <laughs> now, so the TV things, the TV things definitely have their place, but in terms of longevity, I don't think that's one of them. I had another study I was going to share, and it again came from the Telegraph from a gal named Elizabeth Day, who is a researcher. And here it is, Christmas time, and a lot of people, in fact, in the article it said this. I'll just quote: "Those who make their annual trip to church on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day will have to think again." Research shows that regular churchgoers live longer than non-regular churchgoers. They had a 12-year study tracking the mortality rates of a group of 550 adults over the age of 65, which would probably be your listeners, and they found that those who attended church at least once a week were 35% more likely to live longer and healthier than those who never attended. And the research went on to show that going to church, going to church, boosted an elderly person's immune system less likely less likely to suffer clogged arteries or high blood pressure wow. which i thought was pretty fascinating and so it's it's actually went on some of the articles and you could actually google this if a person wanted to go ahead and google talk about benefits of attending church you're going to find all this stuff and a whole lot more but it's interesting because some some of the articles have gone on to suggest that medical doctors ought to prescribe church attendance as something that's going to help their their uh, patient to actually live better and longer, but they usually can't do that because it, it's kind of crossing some lines that you, you don't typically cross <laughs> exactly. in the doctor's office. But I mean, regular church attendance, for example, was associated with lower levels of interleukin-6, which is a chemical that can cause arterial damage in elevated, uh, in elevated levels, and it's linked to age-related diseases. And I'm going, how weird is that? That church is weird. Church attendance lowers this chemical that we have in our body. And again, I tend to think that it's a, it has a lot to do with just how you feel, how you're with each other, the fact that you're you're with a group of people who believe the same. You can be peaceful together with a group of people. You can, if your church is into singing songs of worship and praise, you can do that. Whereas you probably wouldn't do that at home, although you could. Um, and on and on and on. Just well, a lot of benefits to attending church. So I have one last question, and that is, what if? Because I I have a lot of knowledge of other people and uh, where one is religious and the other is not, or one's a Christian. Let's just use the word Christian. Since you're a Christian, I'm a Christian. So we'll just use that word. Okay. One's Christian, one's not. And so nobody goes to any religious group because of the non-religious person. Mm. Um, so what if the non-religious person went to church with the religious person. Is there, are there any studies that you're aware of that shows would that person benefit as well too or not? Yeah, I, there, there's benefits. It, it, actually, the studies have not said that you had to be in complete agreement with the theology or the precepts being taught at your religious service. You just need to be there. I'm looking at a, another study right now here that talks about couples who attend church together report being happier and less likely to divorce. Wow. And that's across racial and denominational classifications. There are also those who attend church together are more likely to describe themselves as very happy in their marriage than, uh, than those who, who don't attend church. So I would encourage uh, people who are, who are married and want their marriage to be happy to attend, even if you have to kind of reluctantly drag the partner who isn't all that much into it. I think, again, I think for some people, even in our church, you know, when they attend, they're not necessarily believers. They just kind of come. But I think there's a there's an energy in there. There's a there's a perceptible love. There's a concern. People are talking to them. 
And the, the, you can't leave, I think, a church service at, at least at our location without feeling like, you know, that was that was pretty good. You know, I don't know that I believe everything, but, you know, I, I might go back again. And I, I like that. I would like to have a church. I would like to see church services. And I'm hoping we're we're that way. Church services where everyone's welcome because nobody in the room is perfect. And I would like people to feel like, you know, they're they're welcome, even if they don't believe yet or perhaps maybe never, but believe yet what we believe. They're welcome to be there. I'm glad they're there. And I think there's benefit to them coming. Wow. If somebody wants more information about the church, um, is there a website they can go to? Is there a phone number they can call? Sure. How, how could they yeah. reach out? Sure. Great question. Lakechurch.org or you can go to facebook.com slash the Lake Church. Awesome. Either of those places will give you, um, you know, tell you about our church and show you where we meet and when we meet and all those kinds of good things. And Pastor Jim, you have a freebie for the audience, don't you? I do, Kathy. I'd love to have uh, send this to your folks or let them access it. It's basically like a, a list of reasons to go to church. Just kind of bing, bang, boom. I uh, We talked on your show about some of the different ways to, you know, some of the different benefits, but these are just just a whole lot of reasons that I think can be helpful. And, and you'd read through this list and you're going to be hard pressed to not find a bunch <laughs> that just entices you to want to be with your church or your faith community. That's great. And there's, there's a lot of them, right? I think there's you, a lot of them. Yeah. Like take a couple of pages to go through. <laughs> <laughs> like you, I think you told me 99, something like that. That's right. Pretty close. Okay, great. So listener, you can get that freebie by going to rockyourretirement.com forward slash Reasons to Attend Church. That's all one word, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, and Merry Christmas. I'm so glad you came on the show today. Thanks yeah, so me much. too, and Merry Christmas to you too, Kathy. <laughs> Thank you. And to the listener, Merry Christmas to you too. And we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, 
you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.